Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, quote, forgot to eat breakfast, Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about America's heaviest light rail <laughs> system, the Link Light Rail in Seattle. We'll talk forward thrusts, Boeing busts, and more after the news. <laughs> <laughs> That, that rhyming's good. good. That was good, yeah. right? Yeah, I really know. Good. I was proud of myself. <laughs> All right. These lines are up here with the we should build eight over ones. We should build eight over ones. <laughs> um... PSR strikes again this week as Amtrak has been forced to suspend all Adirondack service north of Albany in New York State. The Adirondack, which connects New York City and Montreal, runs over Canadian national rails for the duration of its travels through Canada and parts of northern New York. CN has suspended access to the section of track that they need indefinitely after heat reportedly warped the rails into unusability. The move comes only a few months after the service returned from a three-year COVID hiatus and raises questions as to the future of cross-border service in the Northeast. Can I know we can light rails on fire to keep them from freezing and cracking, but can we, like, put ice packs on them? So, uh, Canadian National is lying. Oh. And because the section uh, in Canada that Amtrak runs over uh, is limited to 30 miles an hour because it's jointed. And as, you know, those of us familiar with rail technologies are aware... Jointed rails do not warp from heat. Yeah, because... They have room to expand. Yes. So, Um, Canadian National is full of shit, and no one's quite sure what is actually going on here, so take everything you hear about it with a grain of salt. So, this has nothing to do... This is nowhere near the fires, right, in Canada? No, 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 those are way far north in, like, the forests of Quebec. Hmm. Well, so to, to answer your question, I've seen videos of giant ice blocks just being let, like run along the tracks, like with with workers. There's machines for it as well. It, That's it's it's bloody cool. hilarious. It, it's it's funny. It's very cartoony. Amtrak train with like an ice block behind <laughs> it, getting it ready for the next train. Yeah. Yeah. Tr- real. <laughs> yeah. Um. In other news, the Coast Starlight has hit a water truck in California. Stay off the tracks, and if you get stuck, remember to call the number on the little blue sign. Railroad safety is everyone's responsibility. Yeah. That's all I got on that one. Yeah, best yeah. way to I avoid it is... I have no commentary other than stay off the damn tracks. Yeah, just don't get stuck. And if you drive heavy vehicles, know your vehicle. If you drive one of those ones that's, like, full of cars and it's two inches off the ground, um, think about that. If you get stuck um, while the grade crossing isn't coming down, do call them first. Yeah, you still, don't, gotta, you don't still just have look. to call the number if you get stuck. And call the number, don't call the police first. Yeah, no, call the number and they'll, they'll the just call The dispatch will just, yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll it, call the cops anyway, and yeah. they'll also stop the trains. The which sooner is more you important. do it, the better. Yes. Yep. Very true. Also, and get off the track. Yeah, to don't, call the don't stay in your car. Yeah, no, stay away from your car. Yeah, get away and get, like, up upwind of where the train would be coming like <laughs> so that if it hits it you don't get hit by shrapnel mm-hmm. yeah so anyway stay off the tracks please uh, we have almost hit so many things this month at front runner and <laughs> i would really prefer to not hit anything mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> It'd be funny if crossing warning devices like worked 
I mean, even in the UK and Ireland where they have like the weird ones that, that are like are, actually a barrier. I've seen oh, with still the gates and get through them. Yeah. I've seen yeah. videos of like people trying to climb over those and completely failing and like shaking their fists at the train as it blows by because they couldn't I, get over. I saw that in real life when I was in England. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. I've seen people actually going through them and almost getting hit by trains. So what is what's the cave? I, I do like more. I do like the gate design more though. I think we should adopt I think it, I think it's better. Yeah. yeah. Alternatively we could do the Dutch thing where like puts up bollards. <laughs> we don't have the money for that. We do, too. It's just no, a don't. retractable bollard. Yeah, also, I don't think we really need they to... They have those at the Capitol, fun fact. Oh, yeah, for, like, the parking or whatever? Uh, no. Just so the... people don't drive? Yeah, so people yeah. don't drive onto the plaza unless they want you to. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, anyway, we need, we gotta get those. Yeah. Yeah, combined with... So that'll handle the cars, and then the, the quad, UK quad gates will handle pedestrians. I, I think we should just teach people how to... It should know. be a day in school where you get shown pictures of people getting hit by trains. They have that in driver's ed for, like, crashing your car, and they're like, pretty please drive good. Thanks. See you next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could totally do that for trains, and there would actually be an actionable takeaway you could get from that. Could mm-hmm. be part of our transit ed program. Maybe Whoa. throw the math at people and just say, oh, yeah, train is bigger than you. Yeah, train the, old will pancake the old soda can versus car uh, <laughs> Uh, well, as long as we don't pick a student to be guinea pig for demo. I mean, that would certainly that would, drive the message home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could do a mannequin <laughs> or something though. Like, go on a test Ooh. track. Go on like Stadler's test track and have them like obliterate a mannequin. In yeah, front yeah. Of you could even do that. Well, you could do that just once and film it, and I feel like that would. Yeah. Well, in person would be a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, it, it would, would be more, more like it would yeah, get the message through, right? And kids would actually want to see that. Yeah, because like, that that would be cool. that'd be quite the sight. Like you get one of those like ones that the MythBusters use yeah. that have like all the fake Jello and stuff yeah. on them. The so ballistic like, ones. Yeah, yeah. ballistic Jello and just explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. With the fake bones in them. No, we should do that. You get like the entire high school population of Salt Lake County. And you set up stands along like a certain track of stretch of mostly unused Union Pacific Rail. Mm-hmm. You get just a Union Pacific locomotive, nothing else, a dummy on the tracks, go through like 45 and just watch it explode. And then bring paramedics so they can be like, yeah, so they have all of their ribs broken. Um, yeah. The ribs are in different places <laughs> in a 50 foot radius. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the ribs. And then, then Look, the. The crime scene investigation students can come afterwards and have a good time. When we get, um, <laughs> when we when we hit people at seventy nine, there have been passengers Ooh. who have reported a red mist coming by the windows. So like you, yeah, no, you will have fifty foot radius of your ribs. Good thing they've got free counseling for not just staff. Yes. So. Um, well, anyway, yeah, better education. Yeah, good idea. Yep. Let's make it happen, Utah. Yeah. All right, on to the show since Alex has places to be. I, I'm, I'm always going places. Busy, busy, busy Except, alley. Uh, we're getting there. Yeah, <laughs> next, next decade. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll oh. see. Uh, Will so, permitting. So, Link Like Rail. Uh, it's weird, right? I think it's fair to say that it might be the weirdest uh, mass like rail transit system in the United States. Yep. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not, not really. So why don't we just build subways? Great question. 
especially since this is literally a subway, but not trademark. Th- this is a busway turned subway. Turned also. It used to be a alternative. Busway. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going to. It, it did just we'll, to be we'll, a we'll, we'll get yeah. into that, right? So the system is currently 26 miles long, has 19 stations, and carries nearly 80,000 riders a day. Quite a vast figure for such a short and, you know, also just one light rail line, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the only other single light rail line of that length I can think of that carried that many people is the blue line in Portland, which is 32 miles long, but it only carried 60,000 people a day mm-hmm. before, you know, Rona. So how many passengers is that per mile? Um, I don't know, 25, 2,600? Uh, 3,000, yeah. which is, like, a lot. That is a lot for light rail. That's, That's like a lot for several metros in this country, actually. Yeah. 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 It carries more people than the Miami Metro Rail did. Unsurprising. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is also better than the Miami Retro Rail, but please, we won't get into that. Please pick a bar that nobody's dropped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, in addition, the line is almost entirely grade-separated and has wide station spacing that's more indicative of a great society metro than a conventional light rail line. But it's a light yep. rail. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way yeah. when I was walking between stations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, Link operates monster four-car trains all the time because so <laughs> many people ride it. Mm-hmm. These currently come in two types, the Type 1, or uh, which were from Kinky Sherio, which is a Japanese train manufacturer, and Type 2, classic American light rail, Siemens S700. They're low floor. They are low floor. Why are they low floor? They're low floor. You said the system was almost entirely grade separated. Why are the trains low floor? Reasons. And why is the, aren't the max speed on these things like 55 or 65? Yes. You're gonna, you're gonna get more frustrated as we go on. This is like the worst option of train. Uh, it also is overcrowded, despite the fact that it runs eight trains an hour during peak periods, mm-hmm. uh, which is more than most actual U.S. metro systems at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the so L.A. Funny. metro only runs four trains an hour on its lines. Um, well, to be fair, there is just one line. Yes, but also, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe if they used real trains, they could have more than four cars on the train. Well, maybe if they built the stations for more than more four cars on the train, that would have been a good idea. But now they're kind of locked into that decision forever. So, um, and despite having like infinity billion dollars. Oh yeah, they have very close to infinity billion dollars. <laughs> they're going to fail to like <laughs> fix those. Oh, like they're spending like three quarters of a CHSR on this thing. So. The full build-out of this thing, I should say. This is bad. Uh, yeah, all five additional miles, yeah. Uh, no, not quite. It's pretty... Uh, Four? No, more. Oh, okay. So, um, but yes, it does use uh, low-floor rolling stock and has one singular section of street running that lasts about a half mile. And for all this money, we can't grade-separate that. They, they, I don't know why they didn't just grade separate in the first place, given it's the only section of any link line that is ever planned to not be fully grade separated. Despite the large amounts of just straight up subway tunnel on this system. And viaduct, a lot of viaduct on link. Yeah. Uh, so, 
So, simultaneously, it has most of the infrastructure and operating characteristics of a full-fledged metro line and the lower capacity vehicles and speeds of a light rail line. Covered what the hell is Link Light Rail? <laughs> Next question, why the hell is Link Light Rail? What is Link Light Rail? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do we get here? Good question. The yes, train. very good question. The monorailed subway. No, that's actually a whole different thing. Oh. Um, so it, Kyle is correct. In the 1960s, after they built the monorail for the World's Fair, mm-hmm. Seattle had like five different proposals of people being like, hey, we should expand it to the entire metropolitan region because that's the future trademark. That would have been I, funny. I believe we covered this in our... Did we do a monorail episode? We did. Or was the ga- it, it was bone? in the Gadget okay. Bone episode. Yeah. yeah. So that's episode, what, 26? Brilliant question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We have so many now. Good thing we have a website. Yeah, look at it. Ten. Ten? Yeah, wow, that was that's a early. long time ago now. Yeah. That episode I remember doing very poorly at the time as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How Gadget Bond? Yeah. Um, but the real reason that we are where we are is a, pro- is a thing called forward thrust. And I've titled this section, quote, Forward Thrust and the Ghost of the Seattle Metro. And various monorails. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is capital forward, capital thrust? Good question. Uh, so, as we've discussed before, the 1960s was the era of the new American metro. Cities from Washington, D.C. to San Francisco were breaking ground on new systems, and many in Seattle wanted in on the action. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you get Seattle, or not Seattle, you get San Francisco being like, hey, we're Barden and it's pretty chill. And you get D.C. and they're like, hey, we're Metro in and it's pretty awesome. And you get no one else, but they were sure doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, the 60s was a really good time for Seattle because of Boeing, right? Mm -hmm. So let's think about what's going on in the 60s in a worldwide context, right? We have, number one, the Vietnam War. So you got a lot of defense spending. You're in Boeing builds airplanes, which you use to bomb innocent villagers in Vietnam. Boeing also builds <laughs> trains. Boeing. <laughs> no, we do not discuss the Vertol ever again. Um, and also, the space race is happening. And oh, yeah. so Boeing is just getting oodles of money from the feds to build space crap. Because yeah. uh, we will go to the moon in this decade, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. And therefore, Boeing Gober. And economy go burr. And Seattle's economy went burr. There are just oodles of people moving in, and there's lots more traffic all of a sudden, and the population is growing, housing is expensive. Wonder where we've heard this story before. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Seattle today, cough, cough. Um, So... Yeah, Seattle, stop being cool. Yeah, very, very bad. Not good. Don't don't, don't don't grow. Don't be be like Seattle. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Be more like Utah. Be more like San Francisco. That was a joke. Do not. (laughs) So thus, Forward Thrust, which was a citizen committee, was formed. They pushed a number of initiatives for things like parks. Uh, They actually ended up passing what was at the time the largest single park spawn in history, a new sports arena where the Mariners uh, originally played, and fire departments, highway funding, you know, all sorts of crap. You know, just general, like, our city is growing. Let's make it better. It sounds like the Seattle New Deal. It, it kind of, yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. It was this kind of the Seattle New Deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the largest and most controversial measure was Metro Proposition 1, a nearly $1 billion program that would build a rapid transit system for the Seattle region. U.S. Senator Warren Magnuson had already obtained an $800 million earmark from federal funding to build a rapid transit system for Seattle. All that Sound Region voters needed to do was approve local funding for the rest. And okay, so local funding would have been uh, two, two three hundred million dollars. Okay, so a lot not of even not even most of it though. No, but yeah. still a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Okay, still so a lot. They're like basically 80, 80 percent covered by the feds, and they're already on a spending spree for like infrastructure and such. It sounds like it should be a no-brainer. Slam dunk. Yeah. This is like a slam dunk project, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twelve such initiatives were put on the ballot in 1968, of which seven were successful. The Metro Initiative was not among them. Why? Just like in California, all of the initiatives needed a 60% <sighs> approval rating to pass. <laughs> 60% does not make sense for funding measures. And this wasn't like the Muni Metro plan, which got like 59-41 or whatever. This was like 52-48, but it still passed. It just didn't. Yeah. Once again, 60% does not make sense for funding measures. Is it still this way? Uh, no. Washington has stopped being stupid. Good. Good. <laughs> 60% of the population does not have to be like running out their front door yelling in support of a proposition for it to be useful to some somebody. So, I don't know. I feel like the majority will of the voters should maybe be reflected. Interesting. So, if if we didn't have the 60% uh, to pass, we probably could have had a fantastic system. Seattle would have had um, maybe Seattle Marta. Maybe, yeah. No, Seattle, Seattle would have had Marta because you know where this money went after the Seattle Metro failed? Marta. Marta. The Seattle Metro money built the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transportation Authority. So Seattle would have, um, yeah, 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 would have had a proper metro. So we would have been, Seattle would have been fantastic. Yeah, even better than it already is, right? Yeah. Um, but the remaining initiatives were put back on the ballot in 1970. So they're like, all right, well... Metro didn't pass the first time around. Let's give it another chance. Maybe people were just not happy. But then, the Boeing bust, which is actually, like, worldwide famous for how bad it was in Seattle for, like, two years in the early 1970s. Because half their economy was Boeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not even kidding. Like, they had 80,000, 85,000 Boeing jobs in Seattle one day, and the next day, 20,000. Oof. Was this... And everyone that was laid off from Boeing, another person was laid off from a different job because all that economic activity from Boeing had left. So, like, two, three hundred thousand jobs just overnight. What? Was this because of recession or pulling out of the war or... Uh, so, as federal spending in Vietnam and the space race dwindled, Boeing had to lay off an absolute metric crap ton of workers to pay for its $2 billion debt on the 747 project. And they would eventually oh, come wow. back from that, you know. But, like, they had a lot of debt, and they hadn't, and it wasn't selling very well at first because nobody was sold on the concept because everyone still thought supersonic travel was the future and mm -hmm. not large subsonic planes. So for a while, Boeing was on really thin ice from the 747 until everyone realized that the Concorde was a pipe dream and started buying 747s in mass. Mm -hmm. And it continues to be a good plane. Yeah. Uh, still, still the 
uh, still one of the better planes ever made, yeah. Yeah. Um, unemployment rose to 14%. I, isn't this supposed to be, like, 5? Five? 5 is good. 10 is considered very bad. 10 is, like, 2008 recession bad. It was 20% in the Great Recession, right? Um, in the Great Depression. Depression, sorry. Yeah. Great so this Depression. is somewhere in between the Great Recession and the Great Depression within it, Seattle. It was bad. Great. And uh, housing vacancy rates rose to the same number, which is wild. Also bad. Okay. Population just started, like, cratering overnight. Because everybody went places with, this, with, like, jobs or whatever. Yeah, everyone had to move because they needed to work. Um, and a famous billboard also appeared near the airport, which you've probably seen before, and it said, quote, Will the last person leaving Seattle... Turn out the lights. I, I've seen Ouch. this before. This is... Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, right? Bad time. I, I've seen Seattle lots of pictures today. of that. Seattle. Uh, also, the oil crisis started happening at the same time, which oh, did yeah. not help things. <laughs> yeah. Gee whiz, if only they were busy building a giant rapid transit system that would have generated a lot of short-term mm-hmm. employment and circumvented the whole oil thing. I don't know if thing. it would have helped. Like, Probably would have like helped. It might have crashed, honestly. Five thousand. Well, and you see, the trouble is, this is all happening in 1969 to 1971. Uh-huh. When is the second round of forward thrust on the ballots? 1970. Right. So, in a darkened economic atmosphere, the second round of forward thrust initiatives failed as voters became extremely pessimistic about Seattle's future. Mm. And this time, it didn't even get a majority. It got 46%. That. Under the circumstances, it's that's very fair. Voters and ex-voters yeah. who immediately left Seattle thereafter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally. Um, but you know, as it turns out, cities are a little more resilient than people think they are. Uh, especially, you know, very important port cities like Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so cities that have some like bones. Yeah. Um, and in the following decades, Seattle rebounded and grew actually. Uh, massively, as tech companies like Microsoft made their made the city their home, and before long, all the same old problems had returned. You know, massive population growth, therefore massive traffic growth, therefore this, that, and otherwise. So imagine if they built the system, everyone left, and then they came back, and they just had a world class metro. Well, it probably wouldn't have been finished until the economic boom was or bust was over, right? Because the Bell, the Boeing bus was bad, but it didn't last very long. By like 1975, everything was mostly back to status quo, antebellum or whatever. Still need planes. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> hey, planes good, and the U.S. always has some kind of war going on. So <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, but we did for a long time. And now we can just afford to just, like, directly fund the state. Yeah, now we just Army do just proxy wars again. Now we just give all, every weapon we own to Ukraine and let them kill Russians with it. Yeah. And then, you know, you got to make more <laughs> weapons. So. I mean, look. <laughs> I can't say. I can't, I can't speak on the matter. Who's to say if that's bad or not? Um, so voters did actually, once the bus was kind of over, approve the creation of a countywide bus system known as King County Metro in 1973. And a downtown transit tunnel was eventually approved a few years later in 1987. But it would only be used by buses at first. Um, because as it, Seattle was never bad at transit like a lot of places are. Like when they got their bus system together, it was instantly really good. And the roads that they had them go on through downtown were so congested with buses and cars. <laughs> and there was just so much. And they're like, 
well, we could do the Portland thing of doing a transit mall or... Dig a tunnel. Dig a tunnel. And this was back in the day when you could dig tunnels. A bus subway, some might say. (laughs) (laughs) So how long was this tunnel? 1.7 miles. That's quite big. Yeah. It's very wide, too. Probably to fit well, the, the, the stations are wide. I because yeah. the, the idea was that you could bus. stop a whole bunch of buses in the stations and then still have other buses going by. You could, yeah, you and you really could. Bus big. They're, they're huge stations. And they're all very unique, too. Oh, yeah. cool. They all have, like, different theming. I think there's a 1980, wait, what's the famous book? 1980... 1984? 1984. I think there's a 1984 themed one. Interesting. But I don't that, know for I sure. I did not know that. Look that up so we can share where it is if you uh, find it. Um, also, they use only uh, diesel trolley bus hybrid buses in the tunnel. Probably so you could breathe. So you could breathe, yeah. And, but they would just run as diesel and outer. You know, they would come in off the freeway and then turn into a trolley bus. That's cool. Did That's they ever cool. put any above ground electrification anywhere else? Seattle has the most extensive trolley bus network outside of San Francisco, I think. Oh, cool. It, it's very impressive. They have a lot of trolley buses. There so. we go, then. And also, the station is not 1984 themed. It's just very dystopian. Oh, <laughs> okay. is it yeah. realist looking? Um, I didn't find a picture. Let me try and find one. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, they, the things continued on for a while, but these buses are all just getting so crowded and the tunnel's already, like, carrying... 30,000, 40,000 people a day on buses. Um, and buses are buses. And buses are buses, and it turns out they can't hold that many people. You ready for some Puget, Puget Sound puns? That's going to be like the rest of this episode. I'm, I'm so ready for Puget Sound puns. Uh, so then in 1993, the Washington State Legislature formed the Central Puget Sound Regional Transit Authority, Kapskurta, Kapskurta, uh, which is now known as the much less clunky Sound Transit. Uh, congestion and population growth had convinced state legislators that a rail transit system of some sort was needed. Good thing they have real legislators, unlike Idaho. Yeah. Losers. Yeah. Um, the board of this new organization quickly p- placed a measure before the voters, and in 1996, Sound Move was approved. It would build what is today Link Line 1 between the University of Washington and Seattle-Tacoma Airport. Sound move. Sound moves. Or maybe it was sound move. Oh, it is just sound move. It's not even sound moves. Get it? Because it's a sound move. Ha! Ha! It was a, some might say it was a sound decision. Ha! <laughs> 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 Uh, The program also created Sounder, which is the region's commuter rail service, and the Regional Express bus system. Isn't Sounder, like, run by BNSF or whatever? Yes. Is it any good? Uh, South line, yes. North line, no. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Because there is no through-running force. Of course. Why would we have through-running on a train? Commuter rail. Yeah, they just run on the north line, like three 10-car commuter trains in in the morning and three 10-car commuter trains out in the night. <sighs> Commute 10 train. cars. <laughs> <laughs> One might think there might be demand for more frequent and daily service, but, you know... One, one could think that. One might. And they might be correct. They might. Yeah. Uh, 
So construction on Line 1 would begin construction in 2003, after controversy held it back for some time. Its initial segment between Westlake Station and Tequila would finally open in 2009. 2009? Yeah. Took like... That's pretty late. 13 years for them to build the thing after they approved it. Yeah. And we're going to get into why in a uh, sec. Okay. Um, also, the T-Line, a streetcar in downtown Tacoma, was included in Sound Moves and Sound Move, and opened in 2003. Seems weird to include a rather short 1.7-mile uh, streetcar in a regional light rail plan, but who am I to judge? Train go bird. It's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, more, more service. Uh, can you guys do this with me? You know, like, monorail, monorail. 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 Uh, so, Seattle kind of has a thing, a thing for monorails. This is mm. well known. Yep. And in 1996, uh, the same year that Sound Move passed, uh, a g- taxi driver named Dick Falconbury uh, passed a citizen initiative to force the county to look into building a region-wide monorail system. Okay, then. Um, you said monorails were popular. <laughs> they, it passed. Like, just this one guy thought that they should do it. Um, and as we discussed, this wasn't the first monorail proposal. There were, like, five in the 1960s. Um, but the program became uh, somewhat more popular than the actual Link Light Rail proposal. <laughs> and, and the city was forced to form the Seattle Monorail Project, which would spend over $110 million in planning and property acquisition between its founding in 1996 and its dissolution in 2005. That's wow. hilarious. Um, Citizens for the win. Yeah. And it's part of the reason that Link Light Rail got so delayed is that everyone was like, well, why the hell are we doing that when we could just build the monorail? <laughs> Everybody likes the monorail. Everybody wants the monorail. Gosh. That's hilarious. So everyone thought it would be redundant because the monorail would be better. <laughs> and also, you know, there was a corruption scandal at Sound Transit, which made everyone like, like, the, like the monorail even more. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Monorail corruption. Um, but everyone eventually realized uh, after all the manufacturers monorails pulled out because it would be too expensive uh, Understandable. that monorails are not a very good public transportation technology it's just a train but more expensive and worse yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see Boeing try to make a monorail uh, no <laughs> no I, I wonder if they could have butchered no. that one too they could have they could have you know they, they could have uh, it wasn't all bad though because the project's Green Line plan, which was a line between downtown Seattle and the nearby city of Ballard, was eventually incorporated in ST3, Sound Transit 3, which voters passed at the ballot box in 2016. So, Sweet. That's what it'll we're just be an on elevated, now, right? Uh, every, everything except the original Sound Moves project is still under construction. Is that the one with the bridge troubles? Uh, uh, that is actually an ST2 project. Oh, uh, I gotcha. The floating bridge problems? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the bridge's fault, though. It was because whoever created the pylons for the rails was an idiot and made them wrong. Made them concrete, right? Yeah, they're supposed yeah. to be concrete, but, like, they just Did the didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. We love professionals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, and while all this crap is going on, uh, 
Sound Transit expanded the Link Light Rail to uh, Seattle-Tacoma Airport later in 2009 after the initial segment had opened, and then an additional 3.1 miles of mostly subway to the University of Washington in 2016. Cool. And much more expansion is planned as a result of, drumroll, ST2, Sound Transit 2, and ST3. So, Sound Transit 2 uh, was passed in 2008, and it authorized mostly expansions to express buses and commuter rail, as well as 36 miles of new Link Light Rail service, uh, which would take it to Linwood, Mercer Isle, Bellevue, and Richmond. Uh, so that's kind of to the south and to the east a little ways of, you know, Quite, quite a lot of ways. Yes, yeah. yes, a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and then sound tr- uh, that's supposed to be finished sometime in 2033, like the whole project. Cool. And then Sound Transit 3 uh, proposed 62 miles of new light rail uh, to Everett, to Boeing, to Tacoma, <laughs> <laughs> to Boeing. That checks out. <laughs> uh, further into Redmond, Ballard, Seattle, West Seattle, all Kirkland, Bellevue, Issaquah, all sorts of places. It's a big expansion. Do I want to know the price tag? I think the total price tag for all sound transit projects through 2044, when everything is expected to be done, yeah. is $64.2 billion. Yeah, that a, sounds about right. That's a lot per mile. Yes, it is. Uh, but you have to remember that it isn't just uh, construction funding. It's also operations funding oh, and bus, and BRT projects, and sounder improvements, and all sorts of stuff. And if they're, they're sticking with the fully with the basically fully grade separated except for the one street running section it's thing, right? It's generally three to $400 million a mile, which is a lot, that but a not lot. a lot, a lot. That's like subway money. But to be fair, unlike other recent light rail subways, uh, Link actually has capacity. This is true. But like they're four car, four car, big trains. trains, yeah. And they can run a lot of them through it as well. So like it's not okay. it's not perfect, but it's not that bad. Um, and when this is all done, it is planned to be. Let's see, I have it here: 116 miles of light rail, with 70 stations. And seven hundred and fifty thousand expected riders per day. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sounds nice. That sounds about right. That is a lot. Yeah, of uh, track and riders. Well, when you actually have people excited and proud of their system and a and good system it. too, you can you can do a lot. Yeah, seven hundred and fifty thousand riders <laughs> per day. For context, the Washington Metro, which is the second most ridden rail transit system in North America. Uh, before the pandemic, got 850,000 riders a day. Isn't Seattle smaller? Uh, marginally. And it won't be by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I just, checks out. I love the guts of sound transit. Yeah. They, they, really, they really just push for they, it. Like, it. It would be tough to get that done anywhere else in this country. Yeah, a lot of guts and a few light rail trains. <laughs> yeah. A lot of light rail trains. They're going to have a fleet of like 500 light rail vehicles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. To service the whole thing. Why aren't they using normal trains? Great That's question. <laughs> Isn't this part of the episode where we cover why the hell they're not using normal trains? You mean problems section? Yeah, the the the, <laughs> the, the script says problems, Kyle. Yeah. Okay, problem. They're not using subway trains. 
Yeah, and the original justification for this appeared to be a combination of A, not wanting to change the platforms in the downtown bus tunnel. Which lousy <laughs> that excuse. Can't which is a lousy yeah. excuse. That can't have been that expensive. But you didn't have to spend money on it. Great. <laughs> uh, two, nobody else was doing it. That well, appears to be the, the main crux of the reason, is that A, they didn't want to change the transit tunnel, and B... All their buddies were doing low rail. All their buddies were doing low floor light rail. <laughs> they could have at least done high floor light rail, but it would have been fine. Yeah, because that's just a metro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's just well, a light me- metro. It's a metro with an overhead catenary, which makes all your tunnels unnecessarily large. <laughs> regular, most regular metros have overhead catenaries outside of like North America and Britain. Oh, okay, cool. You can just have a really like short, you know, catenary. Uh, <laughs> this is true. I've seen the muni ones, and the the are just like, yeah, is, like basically yeah. flat. Except when it gets out on the surface, when it goes up to a more normal height. But yeah, yeah. so. Um, this uh, weird choice, right? Especially when you're building 116 miles and eventually what will be the longest light rail line in the world, surpassing yeah. LA Metro's A line, which is now the longest light rail line in the world, which is 50 miles long. It'll be a 60 mile long light rail line. Based. <laughs> kind of fun and based, yeah. I think. And it goes at like S700 speeds. 55. Can't let's do 65. It's built for 55. What? The, the to be fair, the Washington Metro is also built for 55, so like... Okay, but when was the Washington Metro built, and when are they building this? It should be built for, like, as as should be fast built for as, 65, but it's not. It should be built for as fast as it is straight. Yeah. So, you know, number one problem is capacity. Um... Low floor light rail vehicles have some inherent disadvantages, especially when it comes to passenger circulation and stuff, which actually decrease its overall capacity relative to even the exact same vehicle, but with a high floor. Yep. This Um, is well known. We're probably shaving off like, I don't know, 100, 150 passengers per train in capacity by using low floor light rail vehicles, which doesn't sound like a lot. But it is. When you have an 800 person capacity train already, but when you're planning to carry 750,000 people a day... It's a lot. And that's aside from the platforms only fitting four car trains. Yeah. Which is an, a limitation of this particular model of low floor light rail vehicle. They could only do four or five cars. Yeah. So maybe if they'd used regular trains, they could make the trains as long as they wanted. Well, but then they would have to extend all the platforms that already exist for four car trains. So why, why wouldn't they try and get open gangway trains? Because they're never going to be running less than four cars, are they? Uh, never again, probably. Yeah, so they briefly ran three cars during the height of the pandemic. So <laughs> and they were full. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they'll just go for the new 100% low floor trains that are just like a maintenance nightmare and Inshallah. like have all the mechanical equipment like in an infinitely deep purse somewhere. <laughs> in, in like the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, then they can just break every other day. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Yeah. Weird, weird idea. Um, another problem is, as we discussed, speed. When you have a 60-mile-long light rail line and it's only going to max out at 55, you're going to have a two-hour trip. And this is yep. your regional line. And because it's, like, basically completely grade-separated except for the one weird street-running section, there's no reason it should go slow 
Yeah, you should have built it for higher speeds. But should have built it that, for like 90 or that's, something. That's crazy <coughs> if you're an operator on the line. You go all the way down, all the way back, it's lunch, lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, well, the plan is eventually to split it in half in downtown Seattle and kind of because it's going to look a little bit like in downtown Seattle an X with a single core tunnel segment. There will be one that goes off to the left, one that goes way north, one that doesn't go very far north. So the south line will run into the one that doesn't go very far north. And then um, the north line will run into a different one that goes south but not that far. So there will just be an overlap between the north and the south line. Yes. So All right. And with the frequencies they'll be running. Well, that's actually another problem because there's going to be uh, only one core tunnel on the whole thing. Uh -huh. Which severely limits the amount of frequency you can run on each line. Which would be That's going to be very congested. Which would be less problematic if they could just run bigger, longer trains. Yes, but it is still going to be a problem. True. Uh, unfortunately, the east-west line to Ballard or whatever uh, will run through a separate tunnel. You're going to have this crazy, like London-style <laughs> Piccadilly Circus weird junction with like three different tunnels at like <laughs> Pioneer Square or something. That so it'll funny. be wild when it's done, but. Um, yeah, so there are some interlining problems that may cause issues with capacity in the future, especially when you have such small trains. This is what you get for using low floor byte rail technology. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, frequency. Uh, so my, my contention here is that maybe another mode is needed to supplement no, this. Really long right light rail lines are <laughs> the, the only form of rail rapid transit. In the United States, that's correct. It's illegal to build everything else. Everything yeah. is light rail. We need that. You <laughs> know that like, picture of the North Korean defector lady, the meme where she says like something ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. It's like, in, in, in the United America. States, you are not allowed to build metro. If you build anything other than light rail, they send you and your children to the camps. Um, no, what I'm suggesting is that Sounder, a thing that already exists and is very popular, should be expanded to be a supplementary regional service to add both capacity and an option that doesn't take two hours. Would BNSF <laughs> let them because it's still running on BNSF track? By the track. Whoa, that's actually not <laughs> a good <laughs> idea. By the track. Literally problem solved. And they then probably they build the them market. a bypass. I don't care. Yeah. I, I think they're probably in the market to sell anything. Yeah. Honestly. Infrastructure, we don't want that word, American Railroad. Yeah. Low floor right, light rail. <laughs> Maybe we can have uh, a sell apart too on the on the west coast. Alternatively, they could buy like Muni S200 trains and then build all their new platforms yes! with high floors and all their low platforms can just have the stairs, but that's a very stupid idea. No, that is a good idea because long term in like 2050 when they realize this was a dumb idea, they'd have far fewer platforms to change to high floors. But that messes up accessibility trains. on a lot of the current platforms in the present day. So I would say just stick with what you got, honestly. I know, controversial. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, so, in conclusion, Link Light Rail is an all-around great system with Except a lot of low floor light rail trains. Okay, with a lot of it's better than Portland. It's better than Salt Lake City. It's better than L.A. It's better than it's better than anywhere else that's building new transit at the moment. This is true in the United States. And it's a fun ride. <laughs> and it goes places, unlike Honolulu, so <laughs> <laughs> which is opening tomorrow. <laughs> hmm? Great. The the useless section. The useless section. Yeah. You can go ride the bus to go look at it and then ride the bus home. 
the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's even better. Oh, wait. Link Light Rail, I'll, I'll restart since I was interrupted by the fact of low floor cars existing. Um, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah, you should be. Um, Link Light Rail is an all-around great system with a lot of room for being made even better. For all of its flaws, Seattle is expanding transit on a scale rivaled by no other city in the U.S. except maybe L.A. So, therefore, good and based. And that's my conclusion. I think that's a very fair conclusion, and I do agree. You reckon they can build flying junctions better than L.A.? Oh, um, they don't build flying junctions. They build flyovers. There, there you go. Is the plan, at least. All right. So and the fly unders and stuff. The only like thing with oh you mean oh I see what you mean yes they can build flying junctions unlike LA. LA. The only thing with the problems we can definitively say is that at least it's not the monorail. Yeah, this is that true. is true. That would have been because in some ways better, but also from like a maintenance perspective, forever worse. It would have been a nightmare, and uh, yeah, because no, right, because with this, this system, the only really long term problem is that the trains have to be low floor. Is that the trains are low capacity. There's I, I still would, room for innovation in low floor train technology, so maybe by 2044 when they plan to finish this, or by 2060 when they actually finish this. Uh, 2044 is the adjusted date. Oh, okay. By uh, 2050 <laughs> when they actually finish this, uh, low floor train technology will have gotten better. Yeah, but monorail is too high floor. So. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't no floor high enough, ain't no <laughs> monorail It also doesn't enough. have enough rails. You'd have, like, half as many rails. Yeah. And, yeah, and a of, switching nightmare. Instead of, oh. instead of 232 oh track miles of light rail, you would o of rail, you would only have... Monorail subway. That's actually a thing in China. Oh, okay. that's, that's funny. That's not like my oh. Uh, Because China. Uh, so... <laughs> So yeah, that's our conclusion. Uh, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube, and give us a follow and leave a rating on iTunes and slash or Spotify. Uh, we also have a Patreon where people can get access to many benefits like early episodes, occasionally exclusive episodes, and merch. Anything else I'm missing in terms of... Oh, and our Discord. Okay, which we actually talk a lot on, to yeah. be honest. Uh -huh. we've, been, so. we've been chatty in there recently. Mm -hmm. Go us. Uh, and our patrons are Zach Adams at Super Duper Double Tracked Front Runner Base Tunnels Logan Tier $69.69 a month. Say thank you, everyone. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Zach. At regular Front Runner Tier, then $10 a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. At our Redline Tier, $5 a month, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ, Hi, Will. Watkins, Generic GT, Jacob Whitecotton, Reluctant LA Resident, <laughs> Robert P. Walsh, and Scott Harris. Thanks. And, and at the blue line, increasingly uncompetitive as a, as a very long light rail line, <laughs> but it could be, we have Alex Dykelski, Ben Busa, Bradley Bondi, Elijah Kensler, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonzo12, Jack Dean, Jesse Mayo, new patron, hello. Hi. John Heron Gorman, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Old Trolley, Seth, and at our Green Line tier. Whoa, grinding. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Salas, yeah. long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, you, you have that whole. Uh, whole tier cornered. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna, yeah. when I make the new patron rail map in a couple weeks, uh, you're just going to have every single station on the Green Line, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, thank you all. Uh, we do appreciate it. We've been able to do some stuff, and it's nice having funding. So yeah, yeah. funding. Yeah. Metro season one is officially under editorial mode now. Yep. Wow. We have all of the footage. And so. Metro season two is in planning. Cool. Yeah. So and because if you're generous money giving yeah uh, and, and i can get a nice microphone when i move <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's we can true. keep the podcast going yeah because alex is moving pretty soon it will be live from the marriott library at the university of utah and, and alex's, alex's house, house in logan, logan. yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then soon after that actually well not soon but like less than a year after that it'll be live from the marriott library at the university of utah Alex's house in Logan and one Market Street in San Francisco. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> no, it'll probably be like, I don't know, 6942, 420 Burnside, Portland, Oregon, or whatever. Or wherever. Yeah. Insert place. So, we'll place, see. comma, West Coast. <laughs> or East Coast, maybe. I don't place, know. comma, coast. <laughs> comma, place, United States. Place, comma, coast, comma, United States, yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe the the whatever Kaiser Library at USU has a recording studio. Maybe should yeah. I should look. I should look into it because that would make my life easier. Yeah. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah and the Kaiser or Kaiser. Uh, the I think it's the Merrill Kaiser Library. Merrill Kaiser Library at Uni- Utah State University, the Inferior School. This is the Red Line <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't say inferior. But. A different school. Different school. That's that's. Depends. You supremacy. Depends on whether or not you're a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Owned. That that yeah. Okay. I can't argue. It is. It is an egg school. Let's see. Is it the real cousin? I don't know. You you're gonna have to learn about all the rich people in Logan. Uh, There are rich people in Logan. My dentist is moving to Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, that's who donates weird. all the buildings? Yeah. Mel Kaiser. Oh, that's yeah. a weird. Yeah, and ours isn't. Yeah, their library is like even worse brutalism than ours is. Okay, look look at the inside though. I I kind of like brutalist if it's done right. So. Um, oh. oh, that's pretty nice. It's pretty nice on the inside. I was gonna say like the outside looks a little. Yeah. It, the oh, more conk they create, the more no, it, brutalism. It, it, the more <laughs> <laughs> conk on my crate till I brutalism. <laughs> <laughs> but it is nice. Uh, yeah, it just it, it's really drab in winter. Mm. But so is this. What the whole campus or just the library? Uh, all of Logan. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, entire quite the entire city. Depressing in Logan in winter. But they also have sim- they something more similar to our storage system here. Cool. Hey, climate change will change that. Don't worry about it. I was going to say, Logan should get more uh, ice skating rinks on Solus Plazas. Oh, we we have that ice skating rink funded by, I think, Dolores Eccles. Cool. Did a lot of buildings on this game. Do you like ice skating? No. Oh. If you do, well, do you like ice skating? It's, It's fun. There's one. There's a the county sports facility over on Garsman. We should go. Oh, it's yeah. like seven bucks. Seven bucks between admission and skate rentals. That's, that's I mean, about I how much try it is. It, but it scares me a lot. So see, it scares me a lot too. But because if know. you fall, you might accidentally like slice open your entire face. You mostly just hurt well, your butt. Can your can your feet reach your face? Or are you assuming you break your legs? I'm flexible. Okay. <laughs>